Welcome to Aviation Close Calls, cautionary tales from pilots about things that went wrong, what they did, and the advice they have for others. These stories are brought to you by the Civil Aviation Safety Authority, helping you learn from other pilots. Close call. Stuck on top. During the hour-building phase of my commercial pilot license training, I was planning my longest-ever VFR cross-country trip, a journey of about 750 nautical miles each way, with some overnight stops on the way with two passengers. I'd never undertaken anything this ambitious before, so I was determined to get it right. I tried to check all the boxes, plotted performance charts for the shortest runway I planned to go to, Assuming the most pessimistic temperatures, I did careful weight and balance checks, called everywhere I planned to go to get a local briefing, and carried emergency supplies, since the flight would be through a designated remote area for much of the trip. What concerned me the most was the weather, so I also called the Bureau of Meteorology and got my first weather briefing from a real person. They were very helpful and friendly and I suggest more pilots try calling the number at the bottom of every gaff more often. The weather briefing confirmed my assessment of the situation. My biggest issue was going to be getting out of Melbourne, where the cloud base was low. But once out of the city, the skies were clearing up at my planned destination and alternate. On the morning of my flight, I watched the weather anxiously and delayed my departure for three hours while waiting for the cloud to disperse enough to allow a takeoff. With accommodation already booked and paid for, I knew get itis could be a factor, but tried to base my decision solely on the conditions. I decided that, based on the current forecast available, I should be able to get out of Melbourne and into clearer skies. So we took off. Flying along a VFR lane at 1,500 feet, I had to make a big decision just minutes into my flight. Ahead of me loomed a large wall of scattered to broken cloud, with bases of around 700 feet and tops of perhaps 3,000. I couldn't keep going straight. My choice was to go underneath it, scud running quite low to the ground, or climb over it. If I went under it, I knew I would have high terrain coming up, which would require a massive detour to get around at such a low altitude. Plus, my passengers would be in turbulence for a long time. Going over it meant getting cleared into controlled airspace, which I did have the endorsement to do, but had not utilized much, so I lacked confidence. In hindsight, I didn't spend enough time considering my third option, turn around and land. I decided to go over it and asked for clearance to 4,500 feet to get above the cloud. This was granted and up we went. For a while this seemed like a great decision. We enjoyed beautiful views and smooth air and cruised without a care. I was aware of my position fixing requirements. Every 30 minutes for a VFR aircraft and identified landmarks through gaps in the clouds as we went. After a while, the gaps in the clouds started to become less frequent. I thought about descending through one, but remembered my weather briefing and decided to press on to the promised clearer skies ahead. 
I checked the meter for my destination and my heart sank as I read, overcast. No holes back down. I checked every nearby airport, overcast. I looked around me, overcast. I checked my watch and realized it had been more than 30 minutes since my last position fix and the gravity of my situation began to sink in. After some time of desperately searching for a hole to descend through, I decided to ask for help. I radioed ATC, explained my predicament and asked if they had any reports of gaps in my vicinity. They asked a few airliners, all of whom reported overcast skies with even higher tops from their vantage points high above me. After a pause, a new controller arrived on frequency and asked, Are you instrument rated? Do you have a GPS or autopilot on board? My aircraft was basic, with only analog gauges, and I was navigating via an EFB and backup and paper maps, so I sheepishly responded, negative to all. After another long pause, ATC issued the most nerve-wracking instruction I have ever received. Squawk 7700. At this point, I had my work cut out for me. ATC were of course trying their best to be helpful, but in this situation, they also posed a potential hazard. For example, at one point I spotted a very tempting gap whiz by below me. I turned 180 degrees trying to find it again, spotted it and began to descend. Just as ATC called to ask me to report my fuel endurance in minutes and provide a lat long position. Distracted, I glanced at my iPad to find the lat long, then looked back outside to realize I was about to fly into a cloud. Aviate. Navigate. Communicate. I focused on flying the plane, climbed back above the clouds and said, stand by, and got myself back into a controlled cruise configuration. The elusive gap melted back into clouds and was gone. I did a quick fuel calculation. I still had two and a half hours remaining, thankfully, and found the lat long and reported it, so at least they had my position. I was outside this frequency's range by now, but ATC managed to relay a message to me via a passing airliner, and we got back on a suitable frequency. I'm provided with possible options for alternates, but all have reported conditions worse than my destination. I've already decided that turning back is a poor choice, because I know the conditions are worse in that direction, and it's much further to return than it is to press on. My plan B is to set up a wings level 500 feet per minute descent and penetrate the clouds while staring at the instruments. But I don't want to resort to this unless endurance becomes an issue. Finally, I see a gap that looks just barely big enough to get through. I don't have much time to react, so I make a split second decision to go for it. I flick on the carpet, pull the power to idle, put out a stage of flaps and slip the hell out of it. Descending at a rapid rate, we punched through the hole just 20 miles or so from our destination. It was a huge relief. I reported our safety to ATC and thanked them profusely for their help and land. They called to check up on me and were nothing but caring and supportive. Lessons learnt. My takeaways from this experience 
besides the obvious of wanting to get my instrument rating, are that you should respect the weather and be prepared for the real conditions to be worse than forecast. As a VFR pilot, never commit to flying above the cloud unless you are 100% certain you can get back down. After a long lunch break to calm my nerves, I did end up flying the next leg of my journey that day. But this time, when I saw the clouds ahead, I went under them. Thanks for listening to this episode of Aviation Close Calls, brought to you by the Civil Aviation Safety Authority. If you love reading about aviation and keeping up with the latest safety news, why not subscribe to our Flight Safety Australia magazine, available quarterly and delivered to your door. Flight Safety Australia is recommended by 9 out of 10 readers. Go to shop.casa.gov.au and subscribe today.